0: gentlemen, to True Devotion to Mary on member-supported Restoration Radio. I am your host, Alexander Krasik, and I am joined by our guest, Father Herman Fleece, professor at Most Holy Trinity Seminary in Brooksville, Florida. Welcome to the show, Father. Hello. In this episode, we will continue our study of the book True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. And in this episode, we will finish the final chapter of the book, Part 2, Chapter 4, entitled Particular Practices of This Devotion. In our last episode, we covered the exterior practices beloved by souls consecrated to Our Lady. And today we will move on to the interior practices, which really and truly seem to be the key of this treasure we have found. The very heart of this devotion and how we are to live it daily, and yet it is simple and childlike. We must do all our actions by Mary, with Mary, in Mary, and for Mary, that we may do them all the more perfectly by Jesus, with Jesus, in Jesus, and for Jesus. So, Father, what does it mean for us to do all of our actions by Mary? And how can we do this in practice? Good. So,
1: uh, yes, Uh, the saint says that this means we we must obey Our Lady in all things and we have to allow ourselves to be conducted by her spirit, which is the, the Holy Spirit of God, that is the Holy Ghost. So the saint says essentially Our Lady was always led by the Holy Ghost, And then all good Christians should aspire also to be led by by the same Holy Ghost. And then the saint, obviously the characteristic note is that he makes us aim at that by uniting ourselves to the spirit of Our Lady, which obviously matches exactly the spirit spirit of God or the Holy Ghost that is is his motions. So um, he says that the the most uh, faithful clients of Our Lady are the ones who essentially are successful in being led by Her Spirit. Uh, And the idea of being led by Her Spirit is to, in the different um, uh, actions, to renounce our own spirit and to be docile to to the Spirit of Our Lady. In particular, uh, the saint Points out that the spirit of our or the characteristics of uh, her spirit is that um, it makes the faithful meek and strong, zealous and prudent, humble and courageous, pure and profound and then that 's as far as in what it consists and then giving some practical applications, the saint says that we in the practical order, how the way to do it is, is that before we undertake any any notable action, let's say we have to um, we are going to hear mass or we are going to receive holy communion or or some sort of, of action, even if it's not uh, spiritual, um, we should how we practice this this aspect of the devotion is we renounce our own spirit that is our own lights and and ideas and and ways of doing things, and we put ourselves in the hands of Our Lady to try to do the action together with her and with her spirit. Um, He says that this is important because we, uh, essentially our own spirit is very much uh, tainted with our own malice and our own ways, which are many times uh, contrary to the ways of God and, and so forth. So he says it's important that we the first step is that we renounce our own spirit that's kind of the the negative uh, aspect and that is would really be common actually with all of the schools of spirituality and methods that is you have to renounce your own spirit and ways because you have to follow the uh, the ways of god obviously so so far it's common with all the the schools but then the the more um characteristic note is the second point that he says we renounce our spirit, but then we have to give ourselves to the spirit of our lady to be influenced by her in the manner she chooses. And uh, the way we do this is essentially we commend ourselves into her hands and then we abandon ourselves to her. And then this seems uh, rather subtle or even abstract, you might say, but actually it's not so because we don't have to see anything in order that uh, we are actually doing it. That is, if before we are, let's say, here in Mass, with a movement of the will, we say, we we unite ourselves to Our Lady and essentially have the intention of hearing that Mass in union with her, then we are doing what the Saint says. It doesn't mean that we have to feel anything mystical or anything, no, far from it.
0: He gives us a nice little prayer also that we can say before our actions, although it can also be done with a glance of the mind. Um, The prayer he gives us is, quote, I renounce myself, I give myself to thee, my dear mother. And there's so much in that one short sentence, and it puts everything in perspective and reminds us of our consecration. Yes, yes, it's very simple, and
1: yes, uh, it really hits many of the important points. Well, the first thing is, as we just said, that I renounce myself, that's, you might say the step one or even the basis. Then I give myself to the. Uh, that's the second step, and then my dear mother shows really the tenderness of the, this devotion as he spoke some other time, the saying that you know we have tenderness to our lady for our lady and uh, as a good mother. So yes, in those few words, really he he gives the essentials of of this this practice, you might say, and uh, I think that. Uh, I would like to say is that we can use this formula of the same and we really should, but we can also use some other formulas by some other sense. And even uh, some, you know, we can say the same, essentially the same, but with our own words, depending on the, the devotion and, you know, there's some liberty there. But one can say the same thing or the same spirit with, with one's own words. But it is fine to use uh, a formula like this, obviously because it's is given by the saint himself, but one shouldn't feel, you might say, obliged to use always the same formula. And uh, the saint uh, points out that, yes, we, let's say we use this formula and then we mean it, obviously, but he says we should renew the act of union and the offering during the, the actions. He means when, when the action is, is long. So, for example, if you are going to do work, let's say manual work or similar work, we will uh, unite ourselves to Our Lady before doing it, but then if it's very long, it is well, you know, every once in a while to renew the same um, offering. And for those, one can use a formula if it's very short, but uh, even if we don't have the ability to do that, at least, you know, lifting the soul and kind of um, rekindle that intention that we had first, that will be enough to keep it uh, in the same spirit, all the way
0: through the action. Secondly, we must do all of our actions with Mary. How does one do this, Father? Well, this means that
1: we have to, in our actions, we have to see to see Our Lady as our model for virtue. Our last model of, of our actions is obviously Our Lord, but Our Lady is the creature that the best imitated Our Lord, and uh, the one that most closely resembled Him. So we can, in that indirect way, we can see our lady as the, you know, the, the model we are trying to imitate. And how this is done is simple. So we have to consider how our lady has done uh, the action we are about to undertake, or how he would have done it uh, if she were in our place. So um, essentially it means we know... Um, our Lady and, and, uh, and her virtues, and then we try to imitate those virtues as far as we are able in our own life. That's essentially what it means. And um, the saint here goes back to the idea that Our Lady is the, the mold of God, uh, which formed um, she formed in her womb, our Lord. And therefore the spiritual life is the same idea. We, uh, we want to become, similar to our Lord and as close as possible to, to imitate him and
0: therefore we do that through our lady. Thirdly, we must do all of our actions in Mary. Before explaining how St. Louis speaks of Our Lady as the true terrestrial paradise of the new Adam and the glories therein. Yes. And here
1: uh, this is a, um, a very, you might say, uh, poetical and uh, or uh, mystical uh, uh, insight of the saints. Uh, he says that Our Lady is the true terrestrial paradise of the New Adam, and the ancient paradise was a figure uh, of her. Uh, and then essentially the saint makes like some parallels of this, uh, you might say, mystical application. He says that, um, so the first parallel is that Our Lord had his delights uh, uh, his in being nine months in the womb of Our Lady and uh, there he displayed his riches and here the the analogy will be the old Adam or the first Adam dwelt inside the, the earthy paradise and then the new Adam our Lord dwelt inside this you must say new paradise Our Lady that's the, the analogy there and then the second one he makes is that uh, the first Adam was composed was made by God from earth and then our Lord uh, formed his sacred humanity, his body, from this immaculate and most pure earth that is from uh, Our Lady. Um, so that's the comparison there. So our Lord received his his sacred humanity, that is his human nature, and his his sacred flesh, etc., from Our Lady. So there is that analogy there. And uh, the last one is uh, perhaps more. Uh, even more mystical or symbolical is that the the earthly paradise uh, in it we had the tree of life, and then our lady has uh, given us the true tree of uh, tree of life, which is our Lord, uh, who is his uh, her fruit. So those are the some of the main uh, you might say uh, analogies between the old and physical and terrestrial paradise and then this mystical
0: paradise of God, which is our lady. So then how can a soul enter into such a glorious place? And what are the effects upon the soul? Yes, so
1: the saint says that essentially this is uh, uh, to enter in spirit to, um, to this paradise that is Our Lady. That is a, a particular grace. And he says that in order to be granted that, um, that grace, uh, which in the strictest sense will be uh, mystical, um, at least in the highest uh, forms of, of this union, uh, he says that obviously one has to be very docile to the Holy Ghost. That is, one has to be faithful to the practices we have been spoken of, even the external ones, etc. because those help us to acquire the spirit of the devotion. So we have to essentially be faithful in our practices. And then, um, then the sense says, if one does that, then uh, the Holy Ghost might then to, uh, give us this this grace, this uh, uh, being mystically in this in this uh, immaculate paradise, and then if this grace is given, then one can repose in peace there in this in this in mystical paradise and um, have there one's uh, confidence and be full of assurance, etc., against all spiritual enemies. And then um, he says that if one receives this grace, and I think he means in uh, now even in in a lesser degree that is something that is maybe less mystical, but at least in the essentials being um, doing things and living in Our Lady, in a spiritual sense, uh, he says that uh, the soul will be nourished with the milk of grace and maternal mercy. And he he mentions essentially the the effects or the fruits of this this, uh, being spiritually in Our Lady. Then the second one he mentions is the soul will be delivered from its troubles, fears and scruples. The third, the soul will be in safety against its enemies, the world, the devil, sin, uh, because these enemies cannot uh, enter into into this paradise, Our Lady. And uh, then in this uh, point, He says that, uh, which is uh, interesting, he says, it is on this account that Mary says that they who work in her shall not sin. Uh, That is to say those who dwell in Mary's spirit shall fall into no considerable fault. This is interesting because according to the saint if one lives uh, habitually, as far as possible, at least um, when one renews his intention frequently, in Our Lady in union with her, then one will not fall into, as he says, considerable since that is, obviously, we have human weakness, so we are going to be false, but we won't go astray from the path of salvation by serious sin because of this, that uh, uh, Our Lady will keep us. So that's, that's interesting. And then the number four, the last one, is that we spoke a little about this, that the soul will be formed into Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ in the soul. And again, the reason being that Our Lady's bosom um, was where Our Lord was uh, uh, formed. And then in the spiritual sense, the idea being that Our Lord is formed spiritually if we live uh, in Our Lady in a spiritual sense. So that's kind of the analogy there.
0: And lastly, we must do all of our actions for Mary. As St. Louis tells us, quote, As we have given up ourselves entirely to her service, It is but just to do everything for her as servants and slaves.
1: Yes, and then the same time, again, uh, to avoid any misinterpretation or or misrepresentation, he says that we must be careful to recall that Our Lady is by no means the last end of our service. That can be only our Lord alone. He only is God. And then, um, so we should take Our Lady as our proximate end that is uh, means uh, by which we can easily go to him. Now, this is to us perhaps obvious, but it's important to, to remark it. And then he speaks essentially about being, not being self-interested. That is, we have to, just like a servant will do, we have to serve our Lord through our Lady or our Lady in order to serve our Lord For, uh, for in order to serve them. Certainly, we are going to receive many races, and that's out of doubt, and in fact we will, but we have to serve them and not ourselves, right? that goes without saying.
0: Well, that brings us to the final topic of the book, excluding the preparation and consecration portions. And our saint concludes by giving us a method of practicing the devotion when we go to Holy Communion. Obviously, we have our remote preparations, such as making good confession and preparing ourselves for Mass, But how important is it for the faithful to make proximate preparations in the moments immediately before receiving our Lord? That is actually extremely important
1: because otherwise there is the risk of essentially, uh, well, not really valuing what we are about to do, like especially in communion, we are about to receive our Lord and then also to do it mechanically. So that can really stop the progress. So, and again, all the spiritual Authors will will say the same. There has to be some, uh, you must say, immediate or proximate preparation before the, act, the very, you know, actual reception of the sacred host, and um, so that is extremely important. So naturally, in um, in uh, in his he will present a method in accordance to what we saw on how to do it. But uh, I think it's uh, it is important to recall that it is. It is very important, perhaps, in a way, the the key to it because the fruit of the communion will depend in a great extent to our disposition when we do receive our Lord. If we are, let's say, distracted or tepid or whatever, then the fruit is going to be much, much reduced.
0: Well, it certainly is most fitting that we should practice this devotion with regards to the reception of Holy Communion and to receive our most blessed Lord with Mary at our side.
1: Yes, and then... Uh, You see, the the saint has spoken at length about doing things, you know, in union with Our Lady and together with her, etc. So obviously the most important moment in in the spiritual life is when we are going to receive our Lord himself. So obviously that, if any moment, that will be the one in which we should unite ourselves to Our Lady. And then, um, yes, the saint presents different uh, different ways to to, uh, do this, but... I think essentially they can be reduced to to the same which is as we said a little before before we receive this this tremendous grace we're we're about to receive, we essentially renounce ourselves and we are unworthy and we how however much we try we we are still sinners and all the rest, and we are about to receive you know the source of of holiness our Lord, so we have to renounce ourselves and we unite ourselves to Our Lady. You know, there are different formulas and ways of doing it, but that, I think that's the essential. And then once we are in union with Our Lady, then we are more fit, so to speak, to receive Our Lord, uh, you know, in Holy Communion. I think that that
0: is the, kind of the key of this. Could you please walk us through the method St. Louis proposes to us for before, during, and after Holy Communion founded?
1: Uh, Yes, certainly. So we
0: can start before Holy Communion. Um,
1: So he divides this essentially in four steps. So the first, he says, you must humble yourself most profoundly before God. That's that's natural. Then you must renounce your corrupt interior and your dispositions, however good your self-love may uh, make them. We saw a bit of that before. So we renounce ourselves and our own uh, dispositions. And then the third, essentially, we renew our consecration to Our Lady. He gives a formula. I am all thine, my dear mistress, with all that I have. Again, we can use an equivalent one, some other of the saints or otherwise. But essentially, is first, you, uh, we humble ourselves. Second, we renounce our, our dispositions. Third, we unite ourselves to Our Lady. And then the fourth is, essentially, we pray to Our Lady. That she helps us to have her same dispositions um, as much as that is possible, obviously, and uh, he gives some beautiful thoughts in this line he says that essentially we should um, address our lady in this in the, on these lines that our Lord is about to be received in a heart which is very very dirty and sad, etc so then it touches the the honor of her son that she should help us to um, that our Lord be received in a way in her rather than in us. Um, so we want to gather essentially her dispositions, so that our Lord can come essentially to a worthy place. And obviously, our soul is our soul, but by uniting ourselves to our Lady, um, we partake more of her dispositions. And then he makes a point of offering the intention to um, the, the communion to the Eternal Father, and we can do that worthily through Our Lady. And then as far as um, at Holy Communion itself, he devised this, um, well, first he says that we have to, uh, in the Mass, when the priest says, Lord, I am not worthy um, for the laity, then we have to obviously take that, um, that spirit, and uh, we have to address God and uh, sincerely telling Him we are not worthy because of all our infidelities and and all the rest. But we tell God essentially that he should look uh, upon our lady and uh, uh, in order to, um, that is not to be, uh, to give us the the grace, even though we are unworthy, that is he should look to the worthiness of our lady. And then he divides uh, three points in which we address the, um, sorry, two more points in which we address not not the father, but the son, God, the son. And we say also to our Lord, uh, Lord, I am not worthy. And then we tell him essentially we are unworthy to receive him because of all of our infidelities in his service. But we still have confidence and we ask for mercy because of our lady, his mother. And then uh, lastly, naturally, he says that we can address the God, the Holy Ghost. And again, we say the same formula. And obviously, because in the Mass, it is said three times, the same means that the first time we mean it uh, to God, the Father, the Lord, I am not worthy. The second time we mean by Lord, God, the Son, and then lastly, God, the Holy Ghost. So in the one of the Holy Ghost, he says that we are unworthy to receive his masterpiece of, of his charity, uh, because of all our lukewarmness, and because we have resisted his inspirations, but still we have confidence in Our Lady, his faithful uh, spouse, and then uh, putting our trust in Our Lady, then we gain confidence to uh, receive our Lord, even though we ourselves are unworthy. So that is uh, essentially in the moment of communion. And then for after communion, the same suggests uh, Many uh, excellent uh, thoughts and uh, and affections etc um, for for the sake of time, I will point only a few of the of the dispositions he wants us to have. Uh, he says that after holy communion, we should be recollected and um, possibly keeping our eyes uh, shut as as much as possible, and then we should ask our Lord in union with our lady. Uh, for the coming of his kingdom on earth through his Holy Mother. He says we can also seek for divine wisdom or for the divine love or again for the pardon of our sins or for any other grace we might need. But the key point is that we uh, should do it always by Mary and in Mary. And lastly, he points out that there are many other thoughts that the Holy Ghost will present to the soul if we are... um, Spiritual, essentially, and mortified, uh, etc. And he says, essentially, one may follow those uh, as they
0: um, might be suggested by inspirations. He gives such beautiful thoughts for contemplation after Holy Communion, like you were saying. And you know, it's that, it's that time when we are literally with Almighty God, so it's, it's a really precious time in our lives. And I think. Perhaps one of the most striking things about this method is that once we receive our Lord, we should be with him in silent adoration or a personal and loving conversation. And I remember hearing a similar thing on a Restoration Radio episode years ago, how we should not necessarily go right to our prayer books and start reciting various prayers. Of course, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But we have to ask ourselves, you know, each of us, are we really meaning these words, or are we just reciting them in a mechanical form? Does it draw our, our attention away from the fact that we are literally with Almighty God, or is it helping to increase that devotion? It sort of reminds me of um, you know, the story with Martha and Mary, that silent, loving adoration and contemplation is the higher form of prayer.
1: Yes, yes, it's a very good point that you make. Um, Essentially, the um, you might say the personal prayer, the one that comes from the heart in, in whatever are the forms, that is in itself uh, normally is better than formulas, just as formulas, because then it essentially is more, is a more perfect prayer because it comes really from our soul. And then with the formulas, though they are, if they are approved by the church and they're, that by stains and, and whatnot, which usually is the case, in themselves they are great, but there is some risk that essentially we just say them with our lips and they don't really perhaps reflect our dispositions, etc. So I will say that one probably a good way to 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 address this this question will be: say vocal prayers is good, but we have to keep an eye. If we go that way, which is, it is fine, we have to keep an eye that we essentially mean what we say and that we are not just saying it like you know, like a bird would do or something like that. So we have to make sure that's the case. And then we can use those the, the formulas, especially if we are very much distracted or inclined to, then they come handy because instead of, if we leave our mind by itself, sometimes it will go too much around and then the formula can help us to, To focus on on you know pious thoughts etc. But that said, if we receive the grace, uh, grace uh, some days to pray more with our own words etc. Then that's actually better. See that one is good, but this one is better, and therefore we should you know leave the good for the better if it comes. You see, and then uh, then we can pray either in complete silence. Which is um, a very high form of prayer, or we can pray even in silence or even vocally. I mean, not that nobody will hear it, but you know, moving our lips, etc. But saying our own words, essentially, what we want to ask uh, our Lord today, or how we want to thank Him, etc. Those uh, are very good. So I will say yes. What the Saint presents is rather high, so it's it's excellent. And then if we cannot at least every day, be so attuned, you might say, spiritually. At least, as you say, we have to make sure that if we use a formula, we use it in spirit that is essentially meaning what we say and doing it in a prayerful spirit. At any rate, it will never be the right way to do it just to, you know, as you say, mechanically go through the formulas just to finish them and then we can go. That is actually wrong. That's not how they are meant to be used.
0: And lastly, he reminds us of an important spiritual lesson in regards to Holy Communion, and it's also applicable to our whole spiritual life, that we should not trouble ourselves about seeing, tasting, or feeling, for we must live by faith.
1: Yes, this is very important, and really one can never insist too much on this point. For others, and especially for oneself, because as we just said before, man tends to govern himself by the senses, and that is understandable. But therefore, there is always the risk and the tendency in the spiritual life to want to either see, but more commonly to feel uh, the different things in the spiritual life. Because if we don't perceive it with the senses, then we feel there is nothing. But obviously, faith is is of things that we don't see, and these are spiritual realities, like in a sacrament, that an increase of grace, etc. There are things that cannot be perceived by the senses and uh, therefore it is important that especially in holy communion that we learn to um as the saint says yes to live by faith that is we uh, esteem the the gift of holy communion and etc cetera, etc cetera, according to what the faith teaches us even though we might feel dry depending on the day etc so it's an important an important lesson in general not only for holy communion but the spiritual life has to be ruled uh, and governed by, by faith and the spirit of faith and not by the, the senses or um, the, uh, the sentiments because those essentially fluctuate go up and, and down essentially but what we what is the, the rule of our life is, is the, the holy faith so that is important uh, because we even sometimes even in holy communion we might feel dry but again that's feeling and the uh, what matters is the fervor, as they say, the fervor of the will. That is, if we are, uh, if our will is joined to our Lord, if out of love of him we are trying to practice virtue and to overcome our faults, etc., and so forth and so on, our spiritual life is actually going forward, and our Lord is, is pleased, even though we might not feel any, any sensible devotion. And so that's very common, and
0: uh, it's a lesson that we, we have to learn. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode in our book. And in the next episode, we will cover the preparation phase of making the total consecration. But for now, is there anything else you would like to add in summary before we close out this episode, Father? Well, I would say, yes, we have seen in these
1: episodes a lot of particulars, uh, formulas and, and methods and whatnot. And I think in order not to be, you might say, overwhelmed, one has to remember that according to the saint, everything has to be simple. So we have to keep the essentials always uh, before us. That is the the essential uh, points are, we renounce ourselves in in this spirituality, we give ourselves to Our Lady, and basically we do our spiritual actions in union with her. And then that will take different forms and methods according to the the time and even the inclinations, but uh, the essentials have to be kept uh, simple.
0: Well, oh, Father, thank you for your time. and We will talk to you again next time as we continue this series. Thank this. you very much. God bless you.